What's up, people? This is Jamal K. Davis, another episode of Just for Sport. Hope you're doing well. In this episode, we're going to talk about the NBA, the gift that keeps on giving. What a off-season it's been. But now I feel like, shoo, we're getting a lot in the preseason. Juicy stuff that I'll get into. Uh, we will talk about um, Aaron Judge hitting home run number 62. And again, uh, my thoughts on what that means for him. And MLB playoffs. My excitement for MLB playoff, which is about to begin. Uh, the sadness with the Nats that this is it. And then, of course, we're going to do National Football League, uh, some on-the-field issues with uh, fans, and one fan in particular who uh, may get some money off of doing something they shouldn't have been doing. But we're going to first start with the National Basketball Association. Now, I'm excited. As I, you know, you're seeing the games come back on and you're hearing from uh, or rather seeing the social media and, you know, the highlights are back. James Harden, oh my gosh, embarrasses dude um, in a preseason game tonight against Cleveland. Um, Obviously, Boston, I'm curious what's going to happen there. Um, the number of players that are back for the Nets, we got Ben Simmons, who's back. A lot of players are back. We're going to see Kawhi Leonard again on the court. He's another one that I'm excited to see what he can do. Paul George was out for a little bit. John Wall's back playing. Three of those, three of the four players I just talked about are all on the same team in the Clippers. Kyrie Irving is... For better or for worse, back. Zion Williamson is back. It's, uh, yeah, this season's going to be a lot of fun. And I know as I have to get prepared to do my uh, predictions for what I think will happen this season, a lot of tough calls to make, a lot of tough calls to make. A lot of tough calls to make. Now, the most recent news is I talk about how the season is just, you know, the gift that keeps on giving. I look up and, you know, yeah, they may say, oh, no, that wasn't that big of a deal. But I see the headline that Draymond Green uh, unfortunately punched Jordan Poole at practice. And now, you know... The Warriors are reviewing it. And unfortunately, there may be some punishment that Green will have to, you know, be suspended, miss some games or whatever. But at some point, like, I'm like, yo, I'm tired of Draymond Green's antics. Okay, I get it. You want to win. I get that. But I think there's some things that you don't have to do in order to prove that you want to win. And 
similar to a coach, I just feel like some things just get old. It's stale. And the way that Draymond Green gets on players at some point is going to be like, yo, back off, cool, just chill, I'm good. And I don't know if Draymond Green has the ability to do that. He's only played one way. They've won so many championships in his mind, understandably so. He's like, oh no, this is the way we do things. This is how we do things. And I understand that. I get that. But realistically, when you're the other player on the on the on the other end of Draymond Green's antics, you're like, yo, I'm done. It's one thing if you're an opponent. You're gonna see him maybe two, three, four times a year, and you gotta deal with that. But I can only imagine what it's like for any Golden State Warriors teammate, including Kevin Durant, who even though he, you know, they had an on-again, off-again, and maybe it's on-again relationship where they're cool. Come on, you know half of why KD wanted out there. It's like, I don't want to deal with Draymond Green. He's got too many antics. I can't be, I can't, that vibe doesn't work for me. I can't imagine that that vibe works for anyone to feel like you're in a good work environment. But when you won this many championships and maybe Clay and Steph have earned a respect that obviously he doesn't get in their faces, that's just like whatever. And that's that's okay. If that's what you want, that's how it's going to be. I'm not buying it. I just really am not buying it. And I can't imagine Jordan Poole. He's like, nah, man, I'm the future of the Warriors. You don't need to be getting up in my face like that. But I guess we'll learn more. And, you know, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. The other thing that I liked, um, and this is more about the, the season ahead. And it'll, in some ways, help me determine where... Some of my picks are. I got to admit that. But it's the GM survey. It's something that I have come to enjoy. And if you go to NBA.com, you can see that survey. But I like looking at what they're predicting. And one GM survey is which team will win the 2023 NBA Finals. 43% said Milwaukee Bucks. 25% said Golden State Warriors. 21% said Clippers. 11% said Boston Celtics. Now, last year, 72% said Brooklyn Nets. We see how that turned out. So, yeah. That's, you know, I'm not saying it means the Bucs won't win it. I don't think the Warriors are going to repeat. I think it will be Clippers or Celtics. But I thought that that was pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. Who will win the 2022-2023 Kia MVP? Luka Doncic, first place, 48%. Giannis, the Greek freak, 34%. Joel Embiid, 14%. Steph Curry, 3%. Last year was Kevin Durant with 37%. I could see this being the ascent of Luka Doncic. But similar to what we're talking about, or at least I've been thinking about, what I'm going to talk about in Major League Baseball with the MVP that I think 
I don't know how you can't vote for Shohei Otani, but you know, they didn't win. They the the Angels did not win this year. So it's like, okay, I could see it being Aaron Judge. Maybe it's going to be co-MVP. But Luka Doncic winning, uh, I don't know. We'll see how the team does. I feel like he's the type of player where, you know, there have been some rumblings about him not being the best teammate. And maybe it ends up showing that it's not going to be uh, a great situation for Luka and the Dallas Mavericks. Now, the next question I find very interesting If you were starting a franchise today and could sign any player in the NBA, who would it be? 55% said Giannis. 45% said Luka. Last year, Luka was a winner. And not that this had me to thinking about the NBA. If I was starting a team, I too would start with Giannis. But thinking of Major League Baseball, to say that, oh, Aaron Judge is the MVP this year. But realistically, if you were starting a baseball team, who would you go with? Shohei Otani. I wouldn't be surprised if you did a poll of 10 out of 10 GMs, they would all say Shohei Otani is who you would start a franchise with because he's a real MVP. You get a pitcher and a batter. He's going to be the first $750 million signing. That's, That's what I think. Could be wrong, but that's what I think. Another survey I like, which player is most likely to have a breakout season? Another question in the surveys, rather. Evan Mobley, 21%. Kay Cunningham, 17%. Anthony Edwards, 17%. Zion Williamson, 14%. First of all, Zion Williamson should not be on that list. I mean, I'm glad that he's breaking out of his uh, cast or whatever else he he was dealing with uh, as far as his injuries. I hope he is going to recover. Evan Mobley, I feel like he had his breakout season. Um, And so did Anthony Edwards a little bit. I would say it's going to be Kay Cunningham. That's who I would say is uh, going to uh, be the most improved, if you will. Speaking of most improved, which team will be most improved? Clippers, first place, 41%. Cavs, 17%. Pelicans, 17%. Timberwolves, 10%. I I see why they're saying the Clippers, but the Clippers were pretty good last year. In my mind, I think it's got to be the Pelicans. Because, well, it depends on what you mean by improved. To say you improved because you got Paul George and John Wall... And then, of course, Kawhi's back. Okay, then I could say, okay, you were improved. But they were a pretty good season, a pretty good team last season, if I recall. I just, I don't know. I don't know. Who will win Rookie of the Year? Paolo Banchero, 79%. Keegan Murray, 17%. Jabari Smith, 3%. Jalen Green got 47% last year. I could see Paolo Banchero, but at the same time, as I remind you, went to Duke. Duke players, to me, don't translate well to the NBA. Just go look at the record. Just go look at the record. I would say long shot Jabari Smith is where I would pick. 
But then the last thing I want to talk about of, of a, a, a stat or a question, excuse me. Which rookie was the biggest steal at where they were selected? Jalen Duran and Tari Eason tied for first place at 14%. Jalen Duran with Detroit. That's actually the team that I'd say watch out for. And the funny thing is Jaden Ivey also got was tied for fifth. Um, but really in like third place of the players that were selected. They have such a nice young squad in Detroit. That's the team that I would say watch out for. They may be the most improved going into the season. I could be wrong. Uh, I could be wrong. But that's who I'm like, yo, yeah, I'm 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 feeling them. I I think that they have something in Detroit with a young core that maybe not talent wise, but could be maybe Golden State Warriors with Draymond Green and Klay Thompson and Steph Curry that you keep that core together and they do well. It reminds me of Memphis. Memphis last year, everyone talked about, you know, building from the draft and how talented that whole team is. And I think Detroit could take that next step. I think they could take that next step. Next step. I'm excited for the season to get started. I'm going to do a NBA season preview in the uh probably next week. Um so, because it's, it's, it's here. And I'm excited for basketball. I think I'm going to go to a few games this year. Of course, I have to. I have to. I have to. All right. Major League Baseball. The brackets are set. We know who's going to play who. Who's going to be the long shot. Who's the favorite to win? The wild card series starts sooner than you think, as in today. As in, as you are listening to this, they may be playing. Who do I have? Tampa Bay against the Cleveland Guardians. Now, maybe I should go to a playoff game in Cleveland. Nats aren't in it. Orioles aren't in it. Maybe I could do that. But I've got Tampa Bay beating Cleveland in the wild card. Then we've got the Seattle Mariners and the Toronto Blue Jays. Toronto hasn't played great of late. Um, Or rather, it's more about the fact that you know, it's disappointing when they had a chance to possibly catch the Yankees when they were playing in Toronto and they just simply couldn't do it. And that's not, you know, good for them. I mean, they're seven and three in their last 10. So I think they're hitting their stride. Tampa Bay actually is two and eight in their last 10. And Cleveland is on a roll. So actually, I think I maybe I made a mistake there. Yeah, maybe I did. All right, forgive me. I'm saying Cleveland. Cleveland will win. But then between Seattle and the Blue Jays, that's a toss-up for me. That really is. Um, Toronto gets the home 
game first. They have home field advantage. Um, I'm going to go Seattle. They've got something magical going on. I'm going to go with Seattle. On the other side, we got the Philly, St. Louis. I can't root for Philly. I'm going with St. Louis to win. And then San Diego Mets. Now, the Mets play in Atlanta. Jake DeGrom, Max Scherzer didn't get those wins that they needed to to try to beat the Braves and win the NL East. But I think they are going to beat the San Diego Padres and move on. So I've got Mets, Cardinals, Mariners, Cleveland moving on. When Cleveland moves on, they're going to play the Yankees. Um, I think the Yankees will win that series. And then on the bottom half of the bracket, I think Houston will beat Seattle. And then between Houston and the Yankees, you know, I... Houston's 73 in their last 10, but playoffs are different. The Yankees are 5 and 5 and they're going to be getting a little bit of rest. A little bit of rest. But I think with the Yankees not having home field advantage um, and being the second seed to Houston, I think Houston gets back to the World Series. On the other side, we got Braves Cardinals, we've got Dodgers against the Mets. Which, I'm picking Dodgers, Braves. I know it's like going one, two, but I just feel like it's something about the the Dodgers and the Braves and not so much how they closed out the, the season, but I think they are the two most talented teams and it's going to show. But in the final, I think we're going to get the Atlanta Braves versus the Houston Astros. And then, boy, this is this hurts me to say. I think Houston wins the World Series and tries to atone for tries to atone for their cheating scandal. That's what I think. So I've got the Houston Astros at plus 425 to win the World Series. And they actually are right behind the Dodgers at plus 330. Um, That's my pick. Houston Astros winning the World Series. Now, from an individual standpoint, I got to admit, I just, I was kind of a little bit more enamored with, um, Aaron Judge and the home runs that all of a sudden I was like, wait, did Albert Pujols get over 700? And I look up and he was at 703. He had just hit a home run. So I totally missed that. And I'm sad I missed that because in many ways, I think that that was, should have been covered way more than Aaron Judge. Why? Okay. Look, we know half of the national coverage is just because Aaron Judge with the Yankees. That's, Big news for Yankees. It's big news for ratings because everybody wants to see New York. But I think the feat in terms of the longevity of his career, what Albert Pujols did in joining that 700 club is a bigger deal. Secondarily, I know we don't like the steroid era, 
But I just don't see how you can take away the 73 home runs from Barry Bonds. You could say he took steroids, yes. But steroids do not give you better hand-eye coordination. Maybe you could be like, oh, but it gives you quickness. It doesn't give you hand-eye coordination. Maybe quickness with the bat. But in my mind, Barry Bonds will still be the home run king. But in American League, okay, it's Aaron Judge, and so be it. And, and that's that, and I'm fine with that. I just feel like you can't tell me that um, what Barry Bonds did, but also Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa is something that we should all remember because it was truly amazing. And I got to witness it firsthand. What I didn't get to witness firsthand is this protester being destroyed by Rams linebacker Bobby Wagner after he ran on the field during the Rams-Niners game. And, of course, you find out reports from the Santa Clara Police Department that the fan has filed a police report. Of course. And the thing for me is that maybe he's not going to ask for money. Maybe Bobby Wagner and the San Francisco 49ers are just going to have to make a donation um, to the um, so basically this guy is running on the field with this apparatus that have the, the pink smoke is an activist for Berkeley, California based animal rights group direct action everywhere. And so he was trying to raise awareness for a trial that's involving an alleged theft of pigs from a factory farm. And so he's running around a field and Bobby Wagner leveled him. And the first thing I thought is, okay, yes, there are consequences for your actions. And it's funny that Bobby Wagner said that, but that includes his actions too. He leveled that dude. Not saying he's going to have permanent brain damage or whatever you're going to say. But I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere behind closed, well, I don't know, closed doors per se, but there may be some negotiation that, okay, well, I'll probably, you know, actually, I'm just making it up. No way. Maybe they're not. But, um, you know, there's this police report now filed against the Rams linebacker because he did level him. And I would say that the NFL would say moving forward, players should not get involved in anything like that. That let the police staff handle it, even though the police staff obviously didn't seem like they were going to be able to catch them. Eventually they would have. They would have had more officers down there and that would have been the end of it. But I do think Barry Wagner, Bobby Wagner, made a mistake going on that field. Now, the mistakes I've made is trying to pick, it's time for my gut check picks. And my gut check picks, as you know, are, okay, you can call them ridiculous, but I dare you to show me your 16-game parlay that you won too. It's not easy, but I'm going to do it every week. And my hope is I am going to Get it right one of these times. And when I do, it's going to be big news. So here I go. Gut check picks. The Denver Broncos 
hosting the Indianapolis Colts. I'm going to take the Colts plus three and a half. Giants against the Packers. Packers are at minus eight. The problem for me with this Sunday game, um, as I just gave you the Thursday night pick, is that I didn't think the Packers played that well in their last game with a backup, the third string backup quarterback, no less, right? It wasn't like, oh yeah, this is one of the top quarterbacks. I mean, I don't remember the guy's name. Uh, Oh my gosh, how am I blanking on it? Tabby? Zappy, right, was his name. And I just felt like, no, you can't possibly. You're the Green Bay Packers. You're supposed to be playing better than that. And instead, they barely beat New England 27-24. So when I look at this game, Giants plus eight. They're playing in London. I think, if I remember correctly, all of the international games have been kind of close. I'm taking the Giants plus eight. Steelers, Buffalo. Buffalo is the favorite at minus 14. Man, I tell you what, the Steelers are trying to get this jolt from Kenny Pickett. Let's go Pitt. Hail to Pitt. I'm happy for him, but I think the Bills right the ship there. I'm going to take the Bills at plus 14. Falcons, Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are favored at minus nine. I think the Falcons are playing a little bit better. I'm going to take the Falcons in that gut check pick. And I know you're going to say, what do you mean the Falcons are playing better? Uh, It's to me, if I'm looking at how they have done so far this season, they're two and two on a season net points. Oh, the net points are at two because they played some close games. And I think this will be a close game as well. So I'm going to take the Falcons at plus nine. Dolphins, Jets, who's the quarterback? What are we going to do here? Uh, The Jets have also played better than expected. I'm going to take the Jets, Jets at plus three. The Chargers at the Browns. I'm going to take the Chargers minus two and a half. Come on, Justin Herbert maybe finally is riding the ship. Um, Austin Eckler is running the ball well. Cleveland's just bad. Cleveland's just bad. Detroit Lions at the New England Patriots. I'm going to take the Patriots minus three. Texans at the Jaguars. Jaguars are favored at minus seven. I think the game will be... Uh, I'm going to take the Jaguars at minus seven. I was going to go Texans plus seven, but nah, I don't think I can do that. I just don't think I could do that. Realistically, um, yeah, Texans minus 20 in net points, 0-3 on the season. I think I'm going ahead and take the uh, Jaguars minus seven. Bears at Vikings. Vikings favored at minus seven. I'm going with the Vikings. Titans at the Commanders. Titans are favored at minus two and a half. I got to go with the Titans there. The Commanders are not looking good. Seahawks at the Saints. The Saints are favored at minus five and a half. I'm going to take the Seahawks at plus five and a half. 
Then we got 49ers at the Panthers. I'm taking the 49ers at minus six and a half. Learn my lesson with them. Maybe they are, have come alive. The way that they beat down on the Rams, that was disgusting. Eagles at the Cardinals. The Cardinals are the underdog at plus five and a half. I'm going to take the Cardinals there, even though the Eagles are the only undefeated team in the NFL. I think the Cardinals will play them well. Cowboys at the Rams. Rams are favored at minus five and a half. I don't know what to think about the Cowboys. I really don't. They're three and one of the season, but are they really good? Uh, that's a tough one. I think I'm going to go with the Rams at minus five and a half. Bengals, Ravens. Ravens can't hold the lead. They have not done well. Lamar Jackson has done his part. The offense has done his part, done their part. But I think realistically, when I look at this season for the Bengals and the Ravens, actually, I feel like it's a toss-up. I'm going to take the Bengals at plus three, that the game will be closer than we expect. And the final game, Chiefs, Raiders. Raiders are the underdog at plus seven. I'm going to take the Chiefs at minus seven. Uh, and I got my bet place. I always end up around the same dollar figure when I put my dollar down. That's right. I'll buy that for a dollar. That's all I do. One dollar. You can choose to do more, but that's all I got. All right. Let me run back through my picks before uh, we finish up here. I got the Chiefs at minus seven. Bengals plus three. Rams minus five and a half, Cardinals plus five and a half, 49ers minus six and a half, Seahawks plus five and a half, Titans minus two and a half, Vikings minus seven, Jaguars minus seven, Patriots minus three, Chargers minus two and a half, Jets plus three, Falcons plus nine, Bills minus 14, Giants plus eight, Colts plus three and a half. And I've got a 29,000 to one odd of winning. Let's see if the NFL teams uh, don't let me down. Please don't let me down. Speaking of let me down, as I'm ending the show going back to baseball, don't you have a feeling if you're a Nats fan that like the learners let you down? That's how I feel. When they talk about the uh, last game of the, the last home game of the season and they are doing the giveaways, their giveaway happened August 2nd when they gave away Juan Soto. That's when they gave up and gave away the season. I mean, the Padres should be having their hands out for giveaway night. Like, thank you. We'll take Juan Soto. Now, I know technically I'm being facetious and, and they got some players back and let's see what the future holds. But this reminds me very much of the Florida Marlins. Remember when they won the World Series? And then they dismantled the teams. Do you remember that? Maybe you don't. That was some time ago. But I remember it. I remember it very well. Mostly because I didn't understand it. I just couldn't understand why the... The Marlins would win the World Series in 1997. They beat the Cleveland team. 
And then they like dismantled everything and then came back and won it again in 2003 when they beat the Yankees. So that's the silver lining for me if you need one for the Nats. Okay. They got rid of all of their really good players. All of them. But where are they going to be next year and the year after that when they look at the draft picks? That's the one thing you've got to take from it. That's the one positive that you can have from all of this. Maybe there's going to be another opportunity for the Nats to win the World Series with the up-and-coming players that they have now. And we're going to hear about them soon. That's probably the only way I can think about it, realistically. Because you hope that all of the players that they got back, uh, pitcher Mackenzie Gore, outfielder Robert Hassel III, shortstop C.J. Abrams, outfielder James Wood, Yarlene Susanna, the right-handed pitcher, they also got Luke Voigt, but he's not going to be there. Maybe these young players are going to be somebody. And then you have something again in Washington. And that's a silver lining. And you can look just right up 95 at the Beltway and see what the farm system for the Orioles has done. They came close to making it to the playoffs this year when no one expected them to make it to the playoffs. So not saying you have to be one hundred percent an optimist in the Nats, but maybe when they get traded and there's a new owner in place, they're going to invest in the team, and then you're going to be one of the top teams. But because like I said, when you look up 95 and the Baltimore Orioles and what they did with their young players, wouldn't you like to be them and better? Of course you would. Of course you would. And of course I would as a Nats and Orioles fan. I want to see both of them playing well. That to me means that we've got a healthy um, team and fan base because realistically in my mind, you can be an Oriole and a Nats fan. You can't. An O's fan and a Nats fan, because that's what I am. And I go to games of both teams. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And so my hope for the Nationals is that they're going to turn it around. And then maybe in three, four years, if not sooner, depending on what the new owner wants to do, that they're going to be back in playoff contention. Maybe not World series S, but close, but close. All right, I'm close to the ending here of... Another episode of Just for Sport. We've got NBA preseason, Major League Baseball playoffs about to start. I'm looking forward to that tonight, along with Thursday night football. Got my pick, Colts, plus three and a half. That'll do it for Just for Sport. I'm Jamoke Davis. Now for now. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than prize picks. Prize Picks is the leading over-under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds, 
and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the Just For Sport podcast. All you have to do is sign up now and use the promo code JFORSPORT and PrizePix will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So, join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the PrizePix app today. 